Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, our Twilight Zone specials. Uh, we are now on episode number five of season one. Uh, like this is, uh, most of you know, this is different than a normal episode we do. We actually just talk a little bit about it and we go right into it, uh, talk through the episode, and then we're done quick, easy in and out, 10, 15 minutes. So uh, this episode was titled Walking Distance. Uh, the release date was October 30th, 1959. It was directed by Robert Stevens. Uh, the writing credits, as most of them are, was done by Rod Serling, and it was created for uh, by Rod Serling. Uh, the cast in the, for the, this uh, episode is Rod Serling was the narrator and voice, as he does most of them. Uh, Gig Young was Martin Sloan. Frank Overton was Robert Sloan. Irene Tedrow was Mrs. Sloan. Michael Montgomery as Young Marty. Little Ronnie Howard, um, the played Wilcox boy as uh, Ronnie Howard, which was uh, famous for Andy Griffith, uh, came went on to be a great uh, director of films. Um, Byron Folger, Charlie Sheridan Camaray as the gas station attendant, Joe Corey as the soda jerk. <laughs> I always liked what they called him <laughs> the soda jerk. Uh, Buzz Martin was a teenager in it. Uh, Nan Peterson was a woman in the park. And Pat O'Malley was Mr. Wilson. Uh, the synopsis of this is a man who stops for an oil change, will take, which will take about an hour, decides to walk about a mile away, or a mile and a half, to his childhood hometown, only to discover that he has walked straight into his past. Uh, I'm your host, Jimbo. I'm joined once again by my good friend, Patrick. Good night to discuss this episode. 
And good I told <laughs> maybe they're watching in the morning. Could okay, be good well, morning. Hello. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> yeah. um, this could be. Um, I'm going to let Patrick basically talk through the episode because it's been a while since I've seen it, saw it, seen it. Slaughtered the English there. Watched it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but he just watched it last night for me. So um, I've got some notes to add in uh, towards the end. So Patrick, go ahead and take it away. Let's give us the uh, rundown of this episode. Okay, well, it, uh, the episode begins with uh, the main character, Martin Sloan, uh, pulling up to a gas station. And he's uh, looking to fill his gas tank up and possibly get an oil change. He talks to the uh, attendant. Uh, there back in the old days, uh, they actually had somebody who serviced the car for him, so you didn't have to do it yourself. I remember when I was young that um, going to the gas station and you would pull up and they would ask you how much you want or whatever, and they had the little change things on yeah, the side yeah. and they'd fill well, it. Those are few and far between. I, right. I, I, there was a couple that we had around here that did that, but by the time that we started driving, they didn't. Uh, they didn't really. Uh, that anymore. Yeah. I remember Swifty was famous for it. Swifty was a big one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I just I, I think the last Swifty just went out not too long ago. Hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, he talks to the, the attendant and, and he protru- proceeds to ask him about uh, says uh, says Homewood is uh, right down the street, isn't it? He said, yeah, it, it's mile, mile and a half, couple miles. He said, oh, that's in, within walking distance. So uh, he just. Up and leaves his car and just takes off running down the street. Yeah, because he tells him it's going to take about an hour. Yeah, so, he said, so he's like, "Hey, I grew up here. I'm going to go back and check out some of the old sites and everything from that uh, I saw or remember when I was a kid." So he walks into town and he's looking around and he's like, "Man, everything just looks familiar." He said, "It looks like I was just here yesterday." And he's like, "Man, everything just looks the same." And he walks into the uh, local drugstore, convenience store, <laughs> and uh, he sits down and sees sees the. Soda jerk. Soda jerk, as they say. And uh, he's <laughs> Didn't he like, ask for like a chocolate shake or something? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he asked him, he said, first of all, he's like, man, you look familiar. Do I know you? He said, you look so familiar. And he goes, uh, can I get a, a ice cream uh, soda with uh, three scoops of chocolate? And he said, yeah, sure, sure. And he grabs, sticks his hand in, maybe grabs a couple pieces of candy from the uh, little candy bin at the edge of the counter. And uh, the guy hands him his thing, uh, his... Uh, Ice cream says that'll be ten cents. He goes ten cents. He said ten cents. That that that's way too uh, that's way too little. He said you know nowadays he said ten cents wouldn't even get you anything. He said you know are you sure? He said yeah, ten cents is what I charge. He said well that you know you're, you're not gonna be able to keep a shirt on your back if you continue at that price. And doesn't he say I used to come here when I was a kid and, yeah. and uh, the the owner used to sleep in the back room? Well, or upstairs? He, hadn't got, he hadn't gotten to that. Oh, yeah, okay. but yeah, he talks about. Uh, he goes, yeah, man. I said I used to come here all the time. He said you had old Mister Wilson sleeping upstairs, and uh, he was always asleep. Every time you turn around, he was always upstairs in his little little room sleeping. You know, I, w- I wonder what he whatever happened to him. Uh, you know, and, and then he he. Pre- Proceeds to walk outside after he's done. He's just looking around, looking around, and uh, he sees a little boy playing marbles on the uh, on the corner there. And, and, and he asks the boy. He sits down and starts talking to him about marbles. He said, "You know, when I was a kid, we used to name, you know, the dark ones Steelies, and we used to name <laughs> the clear ones Clearies." Or and you know, he said, "Do you do you name those?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And the uh, the boy is actually. Uh, which uh, James mentioned in the uh, 
opening is uh, Ron Howard. This was a year before he went on to do Andy Griffith, which pretty much launched his career. Um, and uh, he sits there, and, and he he's talking to the boy, and he says something about, he asked him about his name, or, or he's talking about that, and he said, you know, my my name is uh, Martin. He said, Martin Sloan, and the boy goes, Martin Sloan? I know Martin Sloan. You're not Martin Sloan. So he kind of, he gets up in a hurry and takes off running. And the guy just kind of gets up, shakes his head. And then he goes over and walks across the street to the park and is talking to a to a young lady there. Uh, and they're just talking. He's just talking, reminiscing the old days about how everything just looks the same. He said, I just remember this place just like it was yesterday. And, uh... Trying to, trying to remember exactly where we are now. Did, wasn't, uh, I don't remember what it was, but wasn't uh, one of the boys carving something in like the gazebo? No, yeah, not yet, not yet. He hadn't gone to there Doesn't yet. Doesn't he say, hey, he there's said, this house right yeah, here. Yeah, he's I talking used about this house. This is my house. I used to live here. He said, this is my house. So he, he walks over across the street and 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 uh, knocks on the door. And, and all of a sudden, he recognizes the guy. He said, Pop, and then and then the lady comes walking around the corner. He says, "Mom," and he's like, and the guys just the guy and the young man and lady in the house are just looking at him like he's crazy. Yeah. And then he's starting to wonder in his head. He's like, "What is going on?" He said, "He's like, I'm your son. I'm, I'm your son. I, I'm I'm Martin Sloan." And uh, well, I, I think we actually need to backtrack a second because I think we actually see the boy doing something, and. Uh, when he's talking to the young lady, he sees the boy doing something. It was not carving yet, because uh, I don't think we had gotten quite to that point. And he's and he's talking about that. And then later on, after he talks to him, he's like he starts walking away. He said, "You know, this is where I used to do this. This is where I used to carve." And he sees a young man carving initials and the the banister. And so he gets up there and and he sees that the boy is carving Martin Sloan, and. Uh, He's like, okay, what is going on? And so he's trying to figure out what is going on in his head. He can't figure it out. You know, he he's went over to the carousel that was there where he used to ride. He, he's just, he cannot figure out what is going on. And he's like, something is just going on. So he runs back over to the house and he's like, you know. He's I'm, like, mom, dad, let I'm, me in. I, I, I'm your son. Let me in. I can prove it. And he starts to pull out his wallet. Yeah. And and the mom walks up to him and, and says, no, you're not. And just slaps him. And and so he, he takes off. And I believe he sees the uh, young, young Martin Sloan again. And he's running after him, running after him. And he goes to get on the carousel. But doesn't his dad tell him something like, like you're not supposed to be here, you know, let this boy have his... No, he, we, he, you're kind of jumping again. No. He, he hasn't gone there yet. And uh, he chases the boy to the, to the carousel. And the boy gets on and he's trying to knock around and trying to get through there and run, run through there and trying to track down the boy. And the boy's just kind of riding his little horse and, and trying to get away from the guy. And uh, he he's proceeds to try to grab him and as he's doing that the young man the young martin sloan falls to the ground and uh he gets caught part of his leg gets caught underneath the uh the uh, carousel and and 
He's like, he wasn't trying, because I'm not, I wasn't trying to hurt you. I wasn't trying to hurt you. I just wanted to talk. He said, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. And, and you know, luckily, they let, they let the boy up, and they, they they go on to say that, uh, you know, he's he's going to be okay, you know. Actually, he starts walking away, and he's trying to get away because he's scared about why, the boy being hurt. And as he's walking away, his dad actually walks outside, and he starts talking to him, and he said, I said, I know who you are, and I know where that you're not from here, that you're from a good deal away and a good deal far away time-wise. And he he uh, he goes to t- starts talking to him, and he says, you know, he said, you dropped this as you left, and it's your wallet, and your wallet explains a good many things about you. And he said, you know, you are who you say you are, but you're not my Martin Sloan. You're you're from the future. And doesn't he say something like, you've already you've already lived this life. Let this, this yeah, boy live yeah. his he, or whatever. He's talking to him, and he's like, you know, you've already lived this life. Let him live his. He said, you know a great many things, things that you probably shouldn't know, and basically about things that are yet to come. And he doesn't want him to interfere in this young man's life. Because it might mess up the timeline. Of- so... He uh, he hands back his wallet and says, you know, said you can go on now. He said, you know, he's going to be okay. He's going to live. He's just going to have he's a really gonna, bad limp or he's something. He's going to have a bit really bad limp, and he tends to walk away. And he says goodbye, pop. And and he give he 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 gives him an acknowledgement, and he turns and walks away. And he walks back to the gas station, and uh, he he talks to the attendant, and he's just like. Wow, that was the weirdest thing I've ever. You know, he he just he he's still a loss a loss of words, and he gets in the car and and drives off. And you know, as he's driving off, he turns around, and looks at the homeward sign, and says, "You know, I'm gonna go check it out." So he turns around, flips around, goes go, drives down to the homeward where he just left. And as he's pulling in, he walks into the uh, he goes to the same place he did before. He walks into the convenience store, and come to find out he's now back where he's supposed to be and he talks to the guy and the guy he asked for the ice cream and soda scoop and the guy says that would be 35 cents he goes 35 cents and so he slaps it down on the counter and gets up and he's like he just has a relief about him that everything's back to the way it should and as he's walking away you now see him walking with a limp which Mm -hmm. he did not have in the beginning of the which episode. was a direct result of him interfering and the kid falling off the carousel. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of the more intriguing episodes. I mean, Twilight's a, a show that can really uh, advance beyond uh, the paranormal, I guess you could say. <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, you know, it, they do a lot of time travel, a lot, a, lot, a lot of back and forth, you know, you're where you should be, but you're not. You're who you are, but you're not. <laughs> And yeah, it was a very intriguing episode. Um, some of the stuff about it um, that I found out was the part. Uh, doesn't he? Doesn't he go back before we go any further? Doesn't he go back to the carousel? And there's a plaque there, ain't there? No, the carousel's actually been torn down. Torn down, but yeah. there's a plaque or something. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? I, the, the guy says the carousel's been torn down for about 15 years, and he he goes to ask him. He looks up and goes asking about Mister Wilson. He goes, Mister Wilson's been dead for about 15 right. 20 years now, and that's when he kind of realizes everything's back to the way it should be. Right. Um, the park in the episode is said to be inspired by a recreation park in Rod Serling's hometown of Birmingham, uh, Birng, uh, sorry, Binghampton, New York. Like the park in Walking Distance, Recreation Park has a carousel and a bandstand. There's a plaque in the Recreation Park bandstand commemorating the episode, so that's where I remember seeing that plaque. 
this is the first of only four episodes of Twilight Zone uh, in which Rod Serling uses a mid-episode narration. The other three are the Twilight Zone Time Enough at Last, which is probably one of my, it's in my top ten. Uh, the Twilight Zone I Shot an Arrow in the Air in 1960 and The Twilight Zone I Sing the Body Electric from 1962. Uh, sign at the gas station reads Service Station Ralph N. Nelson Prop. Ralph W. Nelson was the production manager for most Twilight Zone episodes, including this one. Although playing a 36-year-old man, Gig Young was actually 46-year-old when this was filmed. Uh, this is uh, one of Ron Howard's early acting roles. J.J. Abrams has stated that this is his favorite episode of The Twilight Zone. Really? Yep. Really? And J.J. Abrams has gone on to do many things. Many, many things. Uh, this episode was uh, filmed predominantly at sets built for Meet Me in St. Louis from 1959. The carousel used in the episode was a rental. Really? This is an introduction to Bernard Herman's, uh, Herman's music uh, used throughout the Twilight Zone. If you know anything about Bernard Herman, um, we've talked about him numerous times. I think Psycho, he was uh, real famous for the uh, Psycho uh, music, musical score. Uh, this episode takes place in 1934 and 1959 due to the time travel. And although this, uh, the town where the story says is purely fictitious, the other places referred to in the places are real and are in Rod Serling's home state of New York. Well, there you have it. That's a quick look at episode number five of The Twilight Zone, Walking Distance. Um, we will be doing some more of these in the near future, so I think that's a wrap on this episode. And cut. <laughs>